0: If there's one thing we know about Hampton Roads, it's that we're an amazing area with a lot of different cities and counties. But if I'm keeping it real, we've got a bit of an identity crisis.
1: Are we Coastal Virginia? Are we 757? Tidewater? Or is it
0: our favorite Hampton Roads? Either way, we are very connected by way of bridges and tunnels. But how well are we actually connecting on a community level?
1: How often are we sharing our success stories and shining a light on our communities? When was the last time you met someone and really connected to what they're doing?
0: It's okay if your answer is, I can't remember. That's why we're here. I'm Stephen Abbott. And I'm Kara Mims. We're both realtors with Abbott Realty who love to serve our community. We're here to keep it real and share all things 757. From real estate to community and everything in between.
1: Let's get connected, Hampton
0: Roads. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks for tuning in today. We're excited to bring you Atlantic Bay Mortgage today, and specifically Megan Taylor. For those of you who don't know, Atlantic Bay is a mortgage company that's been serving Hampton Roads for over 25 years with their roots in Virginia Beach. Now they've expanded to serve the entire Mid-Atlantic and the Southeast. Megan is a senior mortgage banker and certified mortgage advisor with Atlantic Bay. She lives in Gloucester, go Gloucester, with her husband and her two daughters and their sweet labradoodle. She attended the University of Mary Washington, and she's been in the mortgage business for over 10 years, starting off with a local company and making her way to Atlantic Bay over three years ago. She loves helping her clients and her real estate agent partners. And she loves spending time out on the water or at the beach, which as we know from previous podcast episodes, Gloucester really lends itself to. So welcome, Megan. Thank you for being here.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I don't know if you've listened to previous episodes, but we start off with icebreakers just for fun to kind of cut up and get loose. So uh, we'll dive right in with those. Sounds good. Okay, perfect. I should have these ready. Here they are. Megan, where's home originally?
2: I grew up here in Gloucester. Okay. I went to school here and went away to college and then ended up moving back.
0: Made your way back. Yes. Now, I did home. this very similar thing. I, I did a stopover on my way back. How about you? Did you come straight back?
2: I came straight back. I had okay. plans to go to Northern Virginia, and then I met my husband. So that That's was it. the deal.
0: Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. (laughs) Well, um, part of the purpose of this podcast is, number one, to make our listeners aware of great things and great people in the community, but number two, to shine a light on those hidden treasures. Um, So for you, something for you personally, what's a favorite local spot or a hidden treasure that you would want the listeners to know about?
2: Absolutely. So here in Gloucester, I love Gloucester Brewing Company. Um, We like to to stop by there and also Nuttall's Country Store. Uh, That is down in Ware Neck and they have some amazing food and everyone's happy when you go in there. Um, But if we make our way out for a date night across the Coleman Bridge, we like to go to the Fat Canary, but we like to go to the basement of the Fat Canary.
0: Basement is the jam. that is the
1: secret treasure Very, Very specific.
0: (laughs) If you can get in. I mean, it's amazing. you got to go after that first seating when pretty much most of Williamsburg goes out to eat super early. So if you're willing to wait them out a couple hours, you can usually get in. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you get to see everybody. I mean, that place is a see and be seen kind of spot. It is. It's great. That's cool. And what was the name of the store that you. Nettles Country Store. Nettles Country Store. I haven't been to that one. Have you, Kara? I have not.
1: Oh, yeah, I was going to so, ask when you. Said you said of- food,
0: like yes. what good food? Do so they you have?
2: can go there and get sandwiches during the day, but you can also get takeout meals, and you can get um, different types of meats. So you can get steak, or Ooh, nice. um, around the holidays you can get prime rib. You can get all kinds of different things there. They have great. Um, homemade cookies and treats. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a country store in Warnack and they also have a post office there. Um, So you feel like you might be going back in history a little bit when you walk in.
0: (laughs) That's cool. But it's great. Um, How would you compare that to, oh boy, this is great. The listeners are going (laughs) to love this. I'm trying to think of the spot that's on main street. Kelsic. Well, Kelsic, it's near Kelsic. It's, this is much more of a um, farmer's market to me. Oh, Wernak. Yeah, okay. How would you rate it against Wearnack?
2: Yes, so Wearnack has more of the produce. Got it. Nutalls Country Store really doesn't have the produce piece, okay. and they have ready-to-go meals. Um, I would also say that Wearnack has more of the seafood, so you can get shrimp and salmon mm, yeah. and other fish there, whereas Nettles, I feel like, is, is other types of food. So like I said, like dinners you can take out, or we'll go there for good steaks or that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that's nice to know about. I'm gonna have to hit that on the next yeah. road
1: trip. <laughs> and they have a great wine selection, so
0: that's uh, not okay. Twist my arm.
1: <laughs> they have a little bit of everything. You've you've covered a lot. So
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes it <laughs> easy.
1: That's a good thing.
0: Um, cluster brewery like what what are some of the best brews there because I've yet to be in there I know it I ride past it I think oh I should stop and then it looks really busy and I kind of like chicken out yeah so <laughs> well you
2: just have to go in you'll okay. always be able to find a spot we okay. we do that too we, it looks busy we're like ah eh, should we and then we just ended up going but um I like the John beer cream ale that they have. But they have a great variety. I mean, they have IPAs, they have stouts, they have all kinds. So I think you could always find something that you
0: like. And it seems like they do a lot of great events there, usually live music and stuff like that. And yes. they have a um, – am I right that they have their own like seafood festival maybe or something? something there was a – back in September or maybe August they were having some kind of fest out there. Is that right?
2: I think they had um, – I think it's Gumbos. Uh, okay. Food truck there. And I think that they had an event with that. We did not attend there, but that event that they had. But they do have food trucks come in most Maybe nights of the week. And so that's kind of nice if you want to grab something to eat. Otherwise, they just have snacks. But they do seem to be doing more events there.
0: The food truck thing is so approachable for everybody. And there's it, always a little bit of excitement, added excitement. Like you're, if, if you're hungry, you're like, all in on food period. But like the, the food truck thing, you always think you're gonna get something cooler than you could get in a typical restaurant. It's, I'm glad. Because that,
1: you can. Yeah. I
0: know, And <laughs> I love that. I think it's, I think it's a perfect pairing for the brewery. Pun intended, I guess.
1: But, <laughs> well, I think that industry really took off in the pandemic. Yeah. You know, like, we had one every weekend in our neighborhood. So it's, it's good to see that still thriving.
2: And it was such a great spot of that building there right at the beginning of Main Street.
0: Amazing use. Like, uh, just such a great thing for people to see because you know if they're coming from Irvington or that area it's the one of the first things they see when they get to the courthouse and I think that's a, a great tone to set for Gloucester because it shows the vivacious side right off the get right out of the gate so fun all right and next up on our list of icebreakers tell me about a favorite quote for you
2: so I actually wouldn't say I have a favorite quote okay. um, I do try to set my mindset positive no matter what situation I'm in. So um, I guess something comparable would just be the mindset around getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, I feel like in this industry, as well as just with having young kids and living any sort of life, um, you know, you have to stretch out of your comfort zone and do things that might not feel good, but you know it's going to help you grow. And I really try to show this with my business, but also with my kids, having two young girls, you know, if they're scared to to join a, a team that they don't know someone on, or, you know, maybe it's a spelling test they don't think they're getting everything right on. I try to push them to, you know, it might not feel comfortable. You might not, you know, feel great at the beginning, but you have to do these things to grow. And for example, on the spelling test, you know, setting that mindset around, I am going to get all the questions right. I am going to do Absolutely. well. Um, so I feel like I just try to live that mindset in, in whatever I do.
0: I love that. And I mean, I think that clearly you've been practicing that and have it ingrained. <laughs> Kudos to you. And I think that all the realtors listening and all the mortgage bankers listening today, um, we all need to pretty quickly get comfortable with the uncomfortable because we're facing it. Um, you know, and that, We'll get into that more, but it doesn't mean that it's insurmountable. It doesn't mean that you won't, like you said, thrive and do well. It it just means that you've got to have the right mindset going into it. So kudos. Um, So part of a good mindset, I think, is laughter. And laughter makes every day so much better. So what's something that really makes you laugh, if not every day, very often?
2: Well, I try not to take myself too seriously. Um, You know, (laughs) when I do things that might be out of the ordinary or a little bit embarrassing. I try to laugh about it and move on. Yeah. Um, but just being with my family, um, we always are are laughing, listening to music, you know, enjoying each other's company. Um, and then with clients, I try to make things like lighthearted while educating people. Okay. So I think that um, laughter and happiness helps with that.
0: I love it. That's perfect. I'm not surprised one bit. And what about a little inspiration? It sounds like you use the mindset to keep you inspired. But um, is there a weekly email? You know, I see your your videos that come through quite often <laughs> with your morning startup that you give to everybody. So what what do you do? Where do you get your inspiration from?
2: So more so here recently, um, I, I like to start my mornings working out, but also. Um, I did a ninja training. So if any agents or mortgage lenders are listening, um, Ninja Selling is a great book, but they have morning... Um, a morning routine you have to sort of pick up on or that they suggest you do. And so some of those things are um, speaking gratitude, you know, being thankful for certain items or whatever that might be for that day. So I've started doing that and um, affirmations. So setting some sort of goal and writing it as if the goal has already occurred. Um, Writing that 25 times a day, which you have to sort of train yourself on. And then also writing two thank you notes a day. So doing all of those things really helps me to put myself in the right mindset. And I'm touching others you know, through those thank you notes um, in, in that way too.
0: That's some really good inspiration. So how did you get linked up with the training?
2: So I had actually um, read the book first. And yeah. then as I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the Best sales book, and um, our business development manager sent me a text that day and said, "Hey, we're going to have training on ninja training from the book." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and um, so our company paid for the people who were interested in partaking. It was a two-day, very intensive training. Okay, and it was awesome. It was great.
0: Was it someone somebody come to yes. your headquarters, or did yes. y'all do it virtually?
2: There is a ninja. I can't remember her title, but it was an installation. So okay. she flew out, was there for two full days, and um, oh, this lady came and taught it to us.
0: So. Kara's sitting mm-hmm. over here counting down the minutes till I say, like, all right, when are we doing this? <laughs> That's like, right.
1: It's, it's a good already line. in the works.
0: I'm thinking <laughs> q 23. like, this is happening. I it, love
2: it. It was great. And tactical items, too. Yeah. So easy to implement.
0: The gratitude stuff that you were referencing earlier, where each day you've got to focus in on the things that you're grateful for. Are they, and you said it might be specific items. Are those suggestions coming from the book?
2: Yes, but I will say too, through just any sort of self-development that I've done, um, that's always been part. You know, being thankful for what you have, I think, just puts you in the right mindset. And I am thankful for the position I'm in with helping clients, with partnering with real estate agents, with my family. And so just making myself more aware of what I have and what I have to give others, I think is important.
0: And what you do for others. Not Mm -hmm. just what you have to give to others, but what you do for others. That's cool.
1: Well, and it's really hard to complain and be in a negative space if you're having an attitude of gratitude. So
0: yeah. Yes. Gratitude journals, I don't know. It sounds like you are. I
1: don't have <laughs> yeah. a journal. I'm not. Oh my gosh. So
2: um, with just my my Christian beliefs, I kind of couple that with, you know, a devotional or talking to God. And so that's sort of my thing on how I do my gratitude. But everyone sort of has their own thing that works for them. And yeah. I know a lot of people who do the gratitude journals.
0: Yeah. I, um, I don't do a gratitude journal per se, but I every day try to just... Make note of three things that I'm grateful for that day. I'm not saying I get to it every day, but <laughs> I am grateful for the progress and not there the you go. it's Like, you know, but it's good stuff. So thank you for sharing. That's Absolutely. a great routine. Um okay, well, I'm gonna turn it over to Kara and she's gonna dive in deep with you on your bread and butter of mortgage. <laughs> so thank you for doing the icebreakers. Absolutely
1: get to know a little bit more about you. <laughs> so yes, I get I get the fun part because we're going to jump right in and talk about, we talked a little bit earlier before the podcast recording, and I think what most people are, are talking about or at least thinking about, um, whether they're realtors or they're lenders or just consumers, are interest rates right? So we're going to jump in on that. Um, They have increased numerous times. And so really just let's start at the beginning where let's define what that means for buyers as far as affordability, um, especially this year compared to last year. Let's start there.
2: So of course, with interest rates rising, that does mean that monthly payments go up as well. So I, I think that since we were in very low interest rates for quite a period of time, Again, going back to mindset, you know, people were so used to hearing that two, three percent rate, so it has been a a shift in mindset for people to start hearing those sixes and sevens. Um, and the other thing is that it's happened so rapidly, so you know, it's been sort of a shock to everyone's system that we're having to change this mindset so quickly. So it does mean that if you were looking at a three hundred thousand dollar home, you might be looking at low two hundreds for the same for that same monthly payment. Um, So I'm trying, in the conversations that I'm having, I am telling clients, first of all, I don't start with the interest rate. It's very much irrelevant to our conversation because what we really want to focus on is what do you want your monthly payment to be? And maybe they tell me their ideal monthly payment, which... May be realistic in this market, may not be. So what I do in that situation is I'll try to give people options. You know, here is the monthly payment at 250 and 275 and 300 as an example, just so people can see what that looks like. Because it may be where even if that monthly payment is higher, they could cut back on something else. Um, and there's so many things that I think we could all cut back on and we really <laughs> sat down and, and looked at that. Right. So I, I try to give people that visual so that they can have conversations with whoever, you know, their spouse or whoever that might be on what they want that monthly payment to be.
1: Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think it happened so quickly, the sticker shock. You know, I had clients over the summer where, you know, one month, what they were looking at was one scenario and then fast forward yeah. a month and a half. And it was oh like, what do you mean, <laughs> you know, it's that we're going to, you know, count at, at this amount. Um, but I think when we talked about earlier perspective, you know, staying in the two and a half, three, a- as far as a percentage, that was never sustainable, no. right? And so I think the biggest difference now before versus before is that the housing prices are a little bit higher, right? And so because of that, we are seeing some buyers that are maybe pausing, Right. They're taking a moment, kind of regrouping, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, So maybe you can speak to that. Like, what are maybe some of the opportunities? Because we know there's been this shift, but maybe what are some of the opportunities in this market that maybe buyers don't think about, even though there is that increase in the interest rate? Sure.
2: So last year and really 2020 as well, we saw where there was so much competition that buyers were offering well above list price and guaranteeing appraised values, waiving home inspections. You know, all of these things, or most of those things, cost money. Mm-hmm. While the home inspection might not cost you money right then, it might cost you money down the road <laughs> right. when something comes up. And so they were spending their money in some fashion, but now, it's you're spending your money on a higher monthly payment. Um, but at the same time, I feel like buyers actually have a chance now. Um, they have a chance in some fashion to put an offer on a house and possibly win that. That's not the case for every single home because mm-hmm. there's still a lot of homes that you have competition on. But it's more likely that you will have the opportunity to have that ratified contract and buy a home versus last year. It was it was tougher. And we're seeing too some seller concessions. It's not happening yeah. on every home, but it's happening, and we, that was that was never happening the last two years.
1: When we talked about you know like earlier in the summer or even last year, where you know you had the buyer's perception was these sellers won't allow us to get home inspections, right? And it's like. I personally wasn't seeing in the MLS where the sellers were saying no home inspection. But if you have 25 offers and 15 of them aren't offering a home inspection, that's the kind of competition that you have. So like you said, we are seeing, you know, a slight increase on the interest rate. But for some buyers where, you know, they want that home inspection, they want to take the time for their due diligence and all of those kind of things. And they don't want to, you know, have to use all of their life savings in order to secure the and property. <laughs>
2: right, right. Keep some in your pocket. It.
1: <laughs> then this might be, you know, a perfect opportunity for them. Right. So exactly. it's just, I think it helps if you have a professional like yourself to be able to kind of break that down for them and for them to see, you know, based on what their numbers look like now, what that looks like. So absolutely. So I know that there's no crystal ball per se, um, but as the mortgage expert, what would what would kind of be your forecast? You know, for the end of you know 2022 and kind of going into 2023, what trends are you seeing? Like, what what can you tell the listeners that they should expect at least from your perspective?
2: Sure. So I listen to um, a lot of different webinars and try to keep up with what the market is going to do. And again, no crystal ball here. <laughs> I wish I had one. But um, we at some point, the rates are going to go down. They will go down because with the Fed trying to tame inflation, as that happens, we're not sure when that will happen, <laughs> but hopefully in the near future, um, we will see rates go back down. And so I've heard anywhere from six months to a year to maybe stretching it to two years. And no, we're not we're not saying we're going to jump from six and seven down to 3. Right. But maybe we'll see, you know, low sixes, maybe we'll see fives and and just coming down a little bit. And I think that we still have a few months of some volatility ahead. Um, you know, we have a, a the week ahead the Fed's meeting this week. We have unemployment numbers coming out. So this week could be pretty volatile. Um, But moving forward, I do think we might start to see that volatility slow down. We might not see that roller coaster like we did. And I think that's what makes it so hard for people, too, and for the lenders and for real estate agents, because you could qualify someone for one amount one day and a different Mm -hmm. amount the next. And it happens so fast. Um, So I the rates will, I, I foresee, they are going to go down. And we're actually putting our money where our mouth is as a company. We have a Lend It Back program where we are telling clients that if they buy now, and they can save later. If they come back and refinance with us anywhere from six months to three years from when they buy, um, that they can get up to $1,000 back in their refinance. And there's a few exclusions to that, but for the most part, this will cover most purchases. So that just tells everyone that we expect these rates to come back down.
1: Right. And you're like you said, you're putting your money where your mouth is, right. and it's a great opportunity for that. Um, you have another program that I, I actually saw on Instagram because you have embraced Reels, which I love a creative mm-hmm. way to get information you know, out there. And one of them you were talking about your um, fast track buyer advantage program. So, can you maybe explain that you know, to listeners and how that can be appealing, especially in this market?
2: Sure. So first of all, I have to say the Instagram reels is part of my getting um, comfortable with the uncomfortable. I was going to ask you that. (laughs) Yeah, I've been trying to get out of my comfort zone there. But
1: I will say you have been consistent. It's informative and it does look like you're having fun. I am. I am.
2: I I try not to take it too seriously. You know, as long as I'm giving out some sort of information, um, that's my goal. So, uh, the Fast Track Buyer Advantage is a great program we have for buyers who have gotten pre-qualified, and really with a normal pre-qualification, clients are just having a conversation with the lender or filling out an application with the lender. And, Not every lender will look at documents like pay stubs and bank statements and tax returns. And so we're telling clients, you know what, let's let's just get a little bit more detail. Let's get all of your documents. Let's get the list of items that we would need for an actual loan. Let's actually send you into underwriting. The underwriter is the person who gives the approval on the loan. And we're going to put you halfway through that actual loan process ahead of even finding a home. And this is very different from most lenders where they won't start that process until after you have a ratified contract. But the benefit is I can I can give the agent and the buyer a stronger letter when they're putting in an offer on a home that says they've been through underwriting, they are conditionally approved. I can even call the listing agent and say, hey, you know, they are strong buyers. They have this, this, and this. This is where we're at on their loan. And it just makes it easier for the client, where they don't have to be worrying about a home inspection and moving and all of these logistics while getting me all of their documents. And they're not tied to anything. There's no cost to this. It really just allows us to be in a better position for them to purchase.
1: When I have long been a fan of this, because I think preparation is key in any (laughs) market— Yes. Um, but especially as we're talking about how, you know, it's kind of shifting with the, you know, with the interest rates, it's important to go ahead and have those conversations up front. You know, you don't want to walk into a store and not know how much money you have to work with. It's the same thing definitely when, you know, probably getting the the most expensive, you know, asset that you'll ever have. Um, so by doing that, that puts them in a better position. And, you know, as lenders and realtors, we work together as a team, then we can figure out what's the better option for them, you know, moving forward. So absolutely, definitely a fan of them doing as much of that as possible. Um, I think it, it helps put them in a good space, you know, as well. So we've covered a lot as far as interest rates. I just want to give you space, you know, if there's anything else that maybe the listeners need to know either about, you know, mortgages in general, this is your opportunity to share. Um, Anything else that you're, you know, you're thinking about the interest rate? You know, I think you gave a great illustration earlier as far as the impact that it can make and that there are opportunities in every market. But, you know, is is there anything else that the listeners need to know? In a-
2: I think really just understanding that buying a home is a, a long-term investment. You are buying a home to build appreciation and to gain wealth. And interest rates shouldn't be preventing you from doing that. Now, we have to be aware of what that monthly payment will be, and I want all of my clients to be comfortable with what they're spending. Um, but at the end of the day, that shouldn't be preventing you from moving forward. You know, if we can find, put you in a range that's comfortable on that monthly payment, you can find a house that you can live in and grow that equity in, that's the goal. That's why people should be buying homes, and you can't get that from rent. Um but at the same time, I think it's also important for people to make sure that you're working with not only agents and, and lenders that you're comfortable with, but that explain everything.
1: Yes. you know, I want to make sure I'm giving
2: <laughs> options to clients. And maybe I'll even say, well, this loan I, I believe is better for you because of this, but you might have heard of this loan too, because people talk and they share mm-hmm. what they've done. And I think it's important to understand what the um, what the market's doing and why that might be different from someone else and understanding what you're paying for in the closing costs, understanding why the rate might be what it is, um, you know, just having that full explanation is important. So if if clients are not getting that explanation, I think that they need to, you know, ask for it or, you yeah. know, might, maybe that's an opportunity to talk to someone else. But another thing I'm seeing right now is just to kind of piggyback on the rates, is a lot of times clients will have the option to buy down an interest rate or get a lower interest rate and pay more. And while that's appropriate in some scenarios, it might not be appropriate in every scenario, especially if clients have the opportunity to refinance in a few years, which we believe will happen. But also in volatile times, we're seeing where clients might have to pay something for an interest rate because investors aren't coming in and saying, hey, here's your interest rate, but you don't have to pay for it. You know, so if clients are seeing that closing costs are a little bit higher or that their points, what we call discount points, are a little bit higher, just asking the lender to explain that to them because that's something that's very common right now that I don't think a lot of people understand and nor should they, Mm -hmm. Um, but just asking for more explanation so you know what you're doing and you understand it.
1: Well, I think, you know, the the market's always moving, right? It's kind of a moving target. And so many times people want to time it perfectly. And you mentioned earlier, it's long-term wealth building, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, being able to jump in there and purchase a home, that's always going to be a beneficial thing. You want to make sure that you're going in informed. And it sounds like you're going to cover all of those checkpoints so that they can, you know, be able to make the best decision possible.
2: Absolutely. And I think people think right now, you know, this 7% or 6% or whatever the rate might be, is their rate forever. And mm-hmm. I just, I just don't believe that. Um, no. I, I mean, you ask anyone who has, who's been living in their house for years, it, right. they haven't been with that interest rate forever, um, unless they missed the boat on the refinance. But <laughs> um, you know, any of my clients, they're, I'm watching, I'm watching for them and making sure that they can, can get this credit back with our buy now, save later program.
0: When did you buy your first home? Um,
2: Actually, my husband owned the <laughs> home that we um lived in when we got married, okay. and then we built our house. So a few years ago, I would there say was my first time. But since then, I've bought an investment property too. And so I've lived through it. and um, You've and that was it. important. I needed to go through the process just yeah. like everyone
0: well, I asked more in the context of I'm wondering, you know, thinking about, When Adam would have been buying all that, like rate wise, like I wonder where he was in the beginning.
2: So that was probably 2005, 2006, and I want to say he was in the fours at that point. Um, I over that time frame, I've seen into the fives and sixes since I started in the industry. Sevens not so much, but throughout history, again, yeah. you know, we've had people who I've had clients who said seven percent doesn't scare me. I've seen fourteen percent right. and twelve percent and nine percent, and again, it's just all relative because we've been in this two two and a half to three percent rate environment for so long. That seven like, what in the does world? <laughs> sound a little bit higher.
0: And- I did a lot loan. My first purchase was a lot, and so I did a lot loan in two thousand seven. I think it was. So you can imagine the interest rate on that. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So to me, I'm like, this is this is still okay, guys. But who knew we would be the. Um, with the token seniors in the room, it's like, <laughs> but we are. I mean, like, you guys bought a long time ago, yeah. and I'm sure that rate was a big difference between what it would have been a year ago. Well, I told her that's two-
1: something we tell the realtors like, ask that question when you're meeting with a new buyer, because if their perspective is coming from a buyer's market, it's totally different than ne- you. Yeah. Then they're like, oh my gosh, what in the world? You know, if it's a first time home buyer, yeah. they're just taking the education that you're giving. But if they purchase in a buyer's market, there is a little like, oh my goodness, what is, you know, what is happening? So, it's just yeah. education and providing that. It is. I think it's
0: that. so good to have the reference points and to give mm-hmm. them to people and just say, you know, uh, you've inevitably heard the stories about people that bought their homes and they were in the teens on their interest rates in the 80s and stuff. And um, we used to laugh a little bit, or at least I did, like, oh, gosh, tell me another story about back in the day. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's good perspective. It's an important reference point. And things are still great. And like you said, you you will not pay that rate over the whole life of your loan, more than likely. Um, oh, yeah.
1: And you get to keep your money. You know, like yes, you're having a slightly higher payment per month, but you're not having to, you know, liquidate yeah. everything in order to you're pay still fifty thousand dollars. Building
0: over. equity, <laughs> absolutely. Low. And absolutely. you're working with smart people, smart mortgage bankers, smart realtors. Hopefully, you are, and that's going to get you in a good home with a good loan product and. You know, the best people in real estate, whether they be investors, um, you know, people that have just been fortunate enough to buy and sell at great times, et cetera. Like everybody's had some story where they've had a not great deal yeah. and it's a law of averages. That's what we work on in this game. It's so these rates are OK.
2: Well, the other thing I wanted to mention is really a best-kept secret right now. Ooh, we want that. (laughs) um, The 2-1 buy-down. You know, you have a lot of sellers who are reducing—not a lot, but you have some that are reducing their their list price. And I've encouraged agents to start thinking about— having their clients talk about the 2-1 buy-down. And what that is, is where um, really it makes sense if the seller contributes towards this, but where the buyer would have a lower interest rate for the first two years, and that's likely 2% less on the first year than standard rates and 1% the second year, but basically where the seller would prepay that difference in interest up front. And it allows the seller to possibly avoid Reducing that list price, it allows the buyer to have a lower monthly payment and rate, at least for the first two years. And um, then, if the client refinances before their rate goes back up, they actually get that difference back that the seller paid. So it goes into an escrow account, and they can get that difference back towards their principal. So, so it's so, a win-win. Yeah, it's a great great option to look at if if the situation. Well, it's
0: fits a win-win-win win-win, really because True. the win-win <laughs> comes because you put. But that product, you put the buyers and sellers together and got them both what they wanted. They consummated a sale. Exactly. And then you get the third win on the right. tail end with the buyers. So mm-hmm. cool. so all the realtors need to remember
1: that. So on the list side, you right. know, before you're reducing the price, but then on the buy side, maybe some of those properties that are a little bit higher, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that's a conversation to have with them to see if that's an option. Like exactly. I said, make those deals, make those deals. I mean, that's what we do. We put buyers and sellers together. We just need to know all the resources and pieces to make it happen. Find out their needs, make the deal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep, that's a good reminder. Anything else we need to know? This has
0: been fun. Yeah, it's been so fun. Megan. I think Thank we
1: you. covered a lot. Yeah, well, well, we <laughs> did, we <laughs> did. <laughs> but you have the mic. I want to give you space. <laughs> I think I think we hit all of the main
2: points. It's just, and the other thing I think is just be careful what you're listening to on the news. Um, you know, it can it can lead to fear, and I think that there's a lot of statistics and numbers that are put out there that are twisted a little bit or a lot. Um, so <laughs> I, just be careful on what you hear yeah. and, and talk to good agents and lenders and make sure that you're getting great information about purchasing a home versus just making the decision on your own to wait.
1: Well, I think like you said earlier, like making it individualized to them, right? So there are a lot of things that may be on a regional or state or national level that may not you know, it may not make sense for them. So having that one-on-one with you to be able to find out what their options are would be super helpful.
2: Exactly. And it's talking about options. For example, I have a client now who says, okay, Megan, should I put down more money on my house or should I pay off my car loan? Well, you know, what's your goal? Is your goal to have more money per month? And that was their goal. So I said, well, you need to pay off the car loan because that's going to put you having more money in your pocket each month than putting it down your mortgage. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk through those options and make sure that they have the tools needed to make that decision. Love it.
1: Love it. All right. So we already know you're on Instagram because you're doing all the reels, but tell us all the ways that we can connect with you. All
2: right. <laughs> well, um, on Instagram, I'm at Megan Taylor Mortgages. And on um, just my website is www.megantaylormortgages.com. And Megan does have an H in it. (laughs) M-E-G-H-I-N. That's important. (laughs) (laughs) And um, then on Facebook, it's Megan Taylor Mortgage Banker. So look for that. All right. Come and follow me for some more information.
0: There you go. Sounds like if they follow you, they're going to get a lot of great information. So thank you, Megan. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for being here.
2: Thanks for having me. We appreciate you.
0: Hey, thanks for listening and getting connected. This podcast is provided by Abbott Realty, serving Hampton Roads in real estate since 1946. Please stay connected with us on social
1: at Abbott Realty. See you next time.